Welcome to Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Land. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose. Well, good morning. This is Pastor Bob Lenz, Senior Pastor of Restoration Community Church right here in the heart of Scott City, Missouri. And I'm so glad to be with you this morning. We are glad to be with you. Uh, you know, real purpose. I always like to think that when our passion and purpose collide with Jesus Christ, we never work a day in our lives. And Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans I have for you. Well, this morning I have my friend and colleague and pastor, Jerob Collins, from Family Community Church in Warrington, Missouri. And he's going to share his insights and some word and, and uh, just, just an amazing testimony, things that he's just recently gone through. But we're going to open in prayer. I'll let him open in prayer and introduce himself to you. And I always like to think that maybe that one person, maybe you're going to be that one person that's going to hear something that he's going to say today, and you're going to give your life over to Jesus Christ, because that's exactly what you need. So we're going to go ahead and open in prayer, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jerob Collins right now, and he's going to go in prayer. Good morning, Jerob. Yeah, good morning, Bob. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. This is exciting to have you on, and I always like to think that, you know, sometimes people think about the numbers and, and uh, you know, how many people are listening, but it really doesn't matter sure. if that one person might be listening today, either maybe they're hanging on a fence, maybe they're, they're church yeah. going and they just haven't reached that point, and you're going to say something today that's going to change their lives, and that's, that's what's exciting. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, yeah, let me open us in a word of prayer. I'm excited. Uh, Lord, you meet us where we are. The beauty of a relationship with you is that it's not perfect. It doesn't have to be polished or refined, Lord. It's that you love us just as we are, no matter where we are. Lord, um, you're available to meet with us. Because how close to by do you have to be, Lord, that we simply have to cry out to you to meet with you? Jesus, would you meet us in this place today? Lord, I pray for anybody listening uh, that words of life uh, would come from, from our mouths and that uh, words of truth would resonate with people. Jesus, we love you, and we're glad to be here with you today, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. So, I, you know, I always like to start out like, you know, uh, introduce yourself. Like, what what do you want yeah. the people to know about you? You're you're a beautiful family. Uh, had you end up over here in Missouri, and uh, we've known each other <laughs> for a while, and we know it's all God. Yeah. But uh, you're, you got you got an incredible story. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Well, uh, again, my name is Jared Collins. I'm the pastor of Family Community Church in Warrington, Missouri. Um, how we ended up here? That's a great story. Um, you know, I was uh, I, I I grew up. Uh, more in the reform tradition in and out of church, you know, from my young adult years forward. And there are certain things that lived in my heart that I believe that uh, God wanted from me that I, I don't think I was really getting uh, at some of the churches I was attending. And then I, you know, sensed a call to ministry all my life. And when I say sensed a call, what I mean is that I felt like God was saying, hey, I want you to do more than what you're doing right now. And I think that that, that particular call exists for everyone. But then it became more of a I want you to be one that, you know, preaches and teaches my word to other people. And, that you know, I uh, when I the first time I heard the Lord tell me that I ran as far from it in the other direction as I could, Bob. I don't know if you can relate, but um, it wasn't until uh, my early, early to almost mid 20s that I realized, okay, this is something God wants me to do. Uh, And so, you know, through a series of, uh, of, of crazy events, you know, I ended up I was a youth pastor. I worked with uh, college students, you know, I, I got married, was having a family and, you know, and then at one point realized, 
oh my gosh, I think I'm I'm supposed to, you know, in youth ministry, we call it in big church. I'm supposed to be preaching in what we call big church, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the older folks. And uh, somewhere along the line, God just gave me a real passion for preaching the word, uh, yeah. teaching people, watching. Yeah, kind of, so what I call that light bulb moment, Bob, of yeah. watching people go, oh man, I, I think God loves me. I think God wants something more. Uh, for me from from my life and and so that I just you know that the first time that happened I thought oh my gosh I this is what I want to do is what I'm called to do for the rest of my life and for anybody that wonders what that that calling feels like it's the thing that you know God wants you to do that if you only could do that for the rest of your life you would die happy complete and fulfilled Amen. so that's 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 sort of that happened and you know, how we ended up in Missouri I'll be honest with you I'm a west coast guy I was born and raised in California um, spent a couple of years in Phoenix and then all of a sudden the Lord called us to a state I had to hunt for on the map. Yes. So we, uh, had an opportunity to make it out here and praise God we did because, uh, cool things are happening. Amen. Amen. So th- what about your church? So how, what, what's happening yeah. now? I, that's why I love for the people maybe, uh, that, that don't know, they can look for you on Facebook, uh, website, yeah. whatever information you want to share, uh, what number would they want to call you? Uh, we'll make sure they get sure. that during the, the program so that they can call you if they have any questions. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> well, uh, here's a personal rule of thumb in my life. Uh, I make sure that anybody that ever wants to get a hold of me is able to call me directly, email me directly, reach out to me directly. I, I never say, hey, uh, you know, I'm unavailable. So I'm going to start by, with a guy. Give it to give you my phone number. Anybody who's listening here, so you can get a hold of me. 916-479-2987. Again, that's area code 916-479-2987. Um, I'm at Family Community Church in Warrington, Missouri. Now, it's got a great, a real, a real rich history. Um, it, it originally was Warrington Wesleyan Church for 70 odd years. And, um, you know, about the time that I that I got to Warrington, I sensed it was time for uh, something of a transition uh, to sort of give us a, a fresh start, if you will, to kind of move forward to try and meet the needs of our community in a new way. We are in a smaller community, but it's connected on the on the on the 70 corridor. Uh, you know, to some to some larger towns. And so what you've got is sort of a smaller, I wouldn't call it a bedroom community, but you've got a smaller community that's growing because of, you know, uh, jobs and, and the housing growth and things like that. And an amazing, you know, school district here, Warren County. So um, what we've got is a community that is probably just like anybody else's community that's listening right now. Um, it's got its good areas. It's got its struggle areas. Um, it's got unemployment like anywhere else does. Um, there's, there's, there's poverty, there's drugs, there's uh, broken families. There is a need in each and every part of our community, uh, for people to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's two things that we believe firmly in. That's the, uh, the, you know, the, the life saving power of the gospel and the hope of a future with purpose. And we believe that Warrington embodies that and that we're in a position as a church to share that because the truth is, and I would say to any pastor that's listening, we work a whole lot harder, I think, than some people sometimes realize. And sometimes, though, we are doing we're doing more than we have to, because what God says is, you know, be obedient to my word and, and share the truth. And, you know, yes, the church should be a beacon of hope and light in the community. But what we really need to get back to is is really focusing on the roots of why we do what we do. And that's the, the life saving power of the gospel and the hope of a future with God's purpose for our lives. You know, one thing you just said, and I want to share with you. So I just sent a few me- emails this morning, uh, actually to uh, to uh, Dr. Devin Smith, our, our DS. As mm-hmm. you know, we are meeting yesterday. We had 
uh, I always focus on the why. Simon Sinek, you know, the why, the how, yeah, and what. that's right. And, and, and as I share so often, I asked the church, I said, why, why this church? Why, why come here and not one of the other 192 churches between Sykeston and, and up north of Jackson? Why? And, if, and you just did that. You just, you just said why. You just answered the why. Because a lot of times we talk about how we do things. Well, why come, yeah. why, why come here? Well, because we have a children's ministry. Well, so do 192 other churches. That's well, right. That, you know, That's right. Well, well how, do you, how do you do the service? See, they always wonder with how. And, it, and, and when Simon Sinek talks about the why, uh, that, that's exactly so I always ask people look for the why in the scriptures why the gospel of Jesus Christ why focus on Jesus Christ so you just answered yeah. that so I just wanted to kind of jump in that's great awesome. yeah yeah absolutely because it's it's easy whether whether you're a pastor like we are or you know I worked in sales for 10 years uh, whether you work in an office or out in the field somewhere doing work no matter what you do you have to ask yourself every day what is the reason that keeps me getting out of bed every single day right mm-hmm. and and for some it's well i gotta work yes absolutely you do and, and I, i'm a firm believer that um it's great if you can find a job you love it's also great if you can find a job that, that meets your financial needs and you get you get your butt out of bed and go work hard every day at it you know what i mean yep. but f- fulfillment isn't going to be found in anything that is a part you know we have to start with the purpose for why we exist first and foremost and each and every one of us whether or not we believe it, whether or not we see it, whether or not we even want to hear it, each and every one of us exists to have a relationship with our creator God. And the problem is, is that somewhere along the way, we pick up this idea that church and, and a relationship with God is all about the rules that we're supposed to follow. And Christians can't have any fun. They can't do this and they can't do that. Rather than than doing things those ways, it, I, 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 like, I liken it to, you know, going to God as, as, as our father, as the scriptures say he is our father and saying, Lord, what is it? that you want for me because you want what's best for my life. You know what I mean? It's and the only way that we can find true genuine purpose for our lives is to ask our creator, Hey, why am I here? What's the thing that you want me to do that is exclusive to me? You know what I mean? And, and, And lots of people are able to do lots of, different things. I've always been jealous, Bob, of those that can uh, pick up a guitar and sing and entertain people. I have to tell you, that's one thing I I think I missed the boat on, man. (laughs) God is good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I like to think about what you just said, because, uh, you know, a lot of people see the church as a threat or or it's just the opposite. Or there's this mentality, this attitude uh, I've, I've seen where people have just walked in and said, well, uh, I should just be automatically to do whatever I want to do, and, sure, God, and yeah. God doesn't leave with five heads. That's just not the way it works. And 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 the way we see how is you know I ask people all the time, do you what what is your purpose in God's plan? Have you discovered yeah. that yet? And that's the part I think one of our greatest responsibilities. Whether somebody else we see and we watch, does does this person, does she or he have a calling on his life? And and you get to do that because you're part of the DBMD. You get to see the the new ministerial students come in. You get to cultivate yeah. and develop. Um, it's it's really awesome to be in the position that we're at because I I truly believe that you know you and I we want people to experience what we have in 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 our relationships with Jesus Christ. You know, like I yeah. tell people, get out of the dating <clears throat> business with Jesus, man. Get into the marriage. Step up to the altar, yeah. and it's a marriage. And it's so different when we have that kind of relationship. But I, I was just thinking back when you t- mentioning about the age of the church. 
It was there long. Just think about it. it was there. It was built before you were even conceived, and yet God knew. Oh yeah. He had a purpose yeah. for you. You were going to end up right there. You were going to pastor right there, and and uh, that's what I love about God. We it's even hard to comprehend. I think about Colossians, the the, the foreshadow of things to come, about rules, yeah. and and you mentioned that. Uh, there is so much of this, and, and yet the simple part is Jesus just says, "I want your heart." Yeah. Well, that's just it, and, and you know we read in Ephesians too. You know, God has a very specific plan for each and every one of our lives, and, and initially when we think of God, sometimes it can be this, you know, cosmic rule monger that you know just wants to control every aspect of our lives, yeah. and that that's the furthest thing from the truth. Because what the Bible actually tells us in Ephesians two, it says we're God's handiwork. Created in Christ to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. God doesn't just want us to exist to to you know yeah. uh, uh, be all about ourselves. We're we're called to do good works on behalf of Him to the world around us. God wants us to serve the world around us, but it's got to be in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I would I would just encourage anybody listening. You were created to do the good things that God wants for everybody around us, not just not just us, not just a certain select group of people. You know, the word makes it very clear. He wants all people to come to himself. He wants all people to know who he is and to serve him, not because he needs to lord it over our lives, but because, you know, we it's funny. We will accept, by and large, our rules for society, you know, you know traffic laws or safety laws that the police are other departments put out we kind of accept those as well yeah you know they're 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 pretty much to keep us safe keep us healthy keep our lives in order and whether or not you agree with all of them in total we understand the spirit of you know we're just trying to keep people safe but for some reason when god enters the equation it's well he just wants to control my life and that's the furthest thing from the truth he wants us to have the best possible version of our life that we to beyond even what we can imagine because he our father knows us best and he knows what's best for us Amen. I, you know, the, uh, the, uh, my childhood friend from back in grade school, seventh grade, uh, she, my whole life until I gave my life to Christ at, at 43 years old, she kept telling me, Bobby, until you turn your life completely over to Jesus Christ, you will never live the life that he created you for. And, that, yeah. and she would say that over and over. And every time I went to call, I thought, oh, I'm going to hear it again. Here we go. Yeah. And she was, Bobby, have you given your life over to Jesus? Well, Carrie, I know I believe in God and you know, I grew up Catholic, and I was, you know, baptized, and I made my first communion, all that good stuff, all the, all right, the, all the right. foreshadow stuff, I call it, you know. But I never, I never knew about a personal relationship, and uh, or hearing about a calling. I mean, I don't know, you know, I love yeah. it because I think, you know, nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, you know, I think I'm just going to quit everything I've ever known in my whole life, and I'm going to become a pastor. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't happen. And that's what a calling. It's a calling, like, and, it, and it's unlike anything else uh, on this side of heaven. So yeah, it's great. So what yeah, about? Yeah, you're, uh, you're absolutely uh, right. Yeah, and, and and what about? So I know you you're you're coming out of the other side of COVID, and oh and, yeah, and I love yeah. your 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 warrior, and I love to watch when you made your life, and you were like, we fight, fight. I mean, you didn't sit there and. And uh, you didn't complain, you didn't whine, you were like, hey, you are a warrior, you put on your battle armor, and, and here you are, and then your church, so I thought maybe you'd share that experience, so this is the reality, and, and I know there's a lot of people trying to figure out my new normal, well, God oh, is yeah. steady, he's immutable, he doesn't change, you know? Yeah, you know, it was it was really interesting because, I, and, and let me just sort of give you the full scope of that, Bob. Um, I came, I got a COVID, uh, uh, I got COVID symptoms and a positive test. I mean, it all hit me really fast. I got it on a Monday. 
Sunday night, my wife and I had, dare I say, an argument. Bob, are, are Christians allowed to talk about arguing with their spouse? <laughs> oh, no. My wife, my wife and I had a pretty significant disagreement about just a couple of perspectives as it came excuse me, uh, to that stuff. And so, you know, Monday morning we, we talked again and she was like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I was just worried about this. And I said, you know, I know I could have been more sensitive about that. So, uh, you know, I went on about my day and I spent the day talking with, um, you know, I had a couple of good conversations in the office. I spent half a day talking with someone about a, a church, um, a new ministry work that we're planning the next town over. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't feeling very well. And then, um, I, I go and get this this positive COVID test, and I'm telling you, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it hit me really, really fast. Well, what a lot of people may not know, because I haven't talked about it with a ton of people, is that my brother-in-law, who's still in California, uh, his father was in the hospital dying of COVID and wasn't coming home. He wasn't going to come home. He's laying there in the ICU, and they had to take him off oxygen because they'd given him all the oxygen they could. It was, you know, at the point where it was damaging the body. And he had a very limited window of time. And we had just told our kids, hey, you know, he's we want to be praying for Uncle Grant because his father's not going to make it home from the hospital with COVID. And so, you know, the kids were heightened and on high alert and my wife was stressed and, and worried. And then I had to come home and tell we had to tell the kids, um, you know, OK, now dad's got COVID. And the, the, the crazy thing about COVID-19, and I want to make this very clear. It is a real virus that are, people are really getting sick from. Now, what I, I don't want to buy into the mass hysteria or panic because I don't believe that. I, let me say, I do believe I believe in doctors. I believe in science. I believe in medicine. I praise God for all of those things, you know. And, and what we decided to do, though, first and foremost, was as a family, everybody except <laughs> – Except for my wife, who had broken her leg the week before we got this COVID designation. We had had strep, strep throat ripped through our house, and then she broke her leg, and then there was COVID, and there's all these different things. So five of us, including my four children, me and my four kids, got on our hands and knees and prayed um, and asked God, you know, or just, just told the Lord, we love you, and we are choosing to keep a positive attitude through this, because here's a hard truth, I think, for people, Bob, and that's that our circumstances have nothing to do with the goodness of God, even though it feels like it sometimes. God doesn't love us any less or any more because our lives are hard or things are going well or anything in between. God is good all the time. And what that means is that he's worthy of our praise at all times. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't love and care for us through those tough times. But what we had to decide to do was to, to praise him in the middle of the worst possible situation that we had been in up to that point in a number of years. And for those of you that say, well, you just got sick. It doesn't sound like it was that bad. There was compounded fear because of other family members dying. We had a number of friends in California where we moved from that have passed from COVID. We had been getting the news about all these folks. And here's dad who, you know, I've been on a, a bit on a health journey myself over the last yeah. year. As, as you know, from yeah. some, you know, I've dropped, dropped almost 70 pounds in the last year to, in an effort to control my blood sugar. And another tough truth coming through this was the doctor said, hey, if you hadn't have dropped your, your yeah. what we call, you know, the A1, A1C number because of the range that it was in prior, uh, you'd have had a pretty significantly different outcome in all of this. Wow. And so <clears throat> all of these pieces come together where I realized we needed God to see us through that. And some people will say things, well, you know, religion's a crutch and you're just, and I'll tell you what, yeah. sometimes I limp so bad I need a crutch to walk with. Amen. Amen. That's where, that's yeah. where I'm at, you know, and. And I, I praise God for a savior who says, I will take you just as you are. 
right now, as broken, beat up, messed up as you are, I love you and I want you just as you are. Our job as, as, as pastors, Bob, is not to, not to judge people, not to change people, not to beat them over the head, but simply to hold the mirror of the word of God up to their lives and say, this is what God's word says. How does your life look in response? Yeah. God does the changing. God does the, the transformation. The Holy Spirit does it all. My job as a preacher is to simply feed you the word and help equip you and teach you. This is what God wants. It's up to you to decide what you're going to do about that. And in that moment of to, you know, having to tell my kids we were sick and broken, you know, and all these things were happening. I had to remind my kids, just as I remind my church people on a regular basis, we have to decide to give God our best right now. And it was scary, Bob. There were moments, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I had some pretty dark moments. There were days I wasn't feeling pastorly at all. There were days I was scared. There were days I, you know, sometimes the fear would hit me. But every time I had to go back to the place of realizing, no, God can do better. God wants better from me, and we can respond the way the Word tells us to. Amen. And you know, I, I hope that one person that's listening out there right now doesn't matter whether there's a million or thousands, but that one person that that needed to hear exactly what you said that may may be in that experience or have a family member or a dear friend going through that to encourage them, take this recording, take this podcast, let them listen to it, and be encouraged by your words. It's because the circumstances do not determine that relationship yeah. or that love that he has for us. And we know that it is his will that, that he, he created us with a purpose. And that's, I mean, it's just yeah. hard to conceive because that's that question, why, why does God allow that to happen? Why, 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 why? And, um, you know, it comes down to that faith, that trust. And that's why I always tell people it's so much more than going to church. The church is just a, yeah. a small bite of a sandwich of a greater buffet. And we're that's right. and, and we have to just take those smaller bites and we have that responsibility. And it is heartbreaking because there are people that see church as a threat or they they don't believe that there's a, a loving God because uh, we just can't comprehend him. He, he makes it clear. He's a mystery. Yeah. And uh, but in the midst of all that, you see these testimonies like yours. I love the picture because when you posted it, your whole family, they're kneeling at the couch. It's a really, oh, yeah, my wife. Yeah. My wife snapped that picture. I had no idea. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was, I just, I, Bob, I was scared. I was in a moment of, I was, I was scared and I, I didn't want my kids to be afraid for me because that was really, you know, when you, when you really boil it down to, to yeah. the things that bother us, it was the look of fear in my kids. Eyes. Every time I would cough, every time I would sneeze, every time I, whatever, dad, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I had, <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I have to call it funny. And, and you know this. Anybody who's listening who preaches and teaches the word, I am very outspoken from the pulpit about our how important it is that we trust God and, and let him dictate, you know, how things go in our life. And this and I've been very outspoken about it. it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, God is good, this, that, and the other thing. And so then we we hit the worst scenario that we've had in years. And it's like the enemy just turned around and sucker punched me right in the mouth and said, What are you gonna do about it? And I firmly believe I have this I have this idea according to, to what scripture teaches that the way that we worship, the way that we choose to trust God is a weapon that we can pulverize the enemy with. Yeah. And so that's what that's what that picture she, I didn't see it until afterwards and I thought it was the sweetest thing in the world and I thought this is how we're gonna beat <laughs> we're gonna beat the enemy here. This is how we beat fear, this is how we beat worry by expressing our trust to God in tangible, palpable ways. Yeah, and I think about when I first read, you know, here you you, you were diagnosed with COVID. Sarah yeah. it, it had that broken, you know, she, she had that happen to her all at once. And then 
uh, I think uh, if, if I recall, then people in the church got sick. So all this kind of like oh, compounded. Yeah. Yeah. And here you are. How do you pastor? How do you how do you be a how how do you shepherd through that when you you yourself are, are down? You know. Yeah. So if you want yeah. to share maybe some of your thoughts on that. Yeah. So and and I'm I'm going to tell you a lesson that I that I've been learning over the last couple of years that is. Um, uh, maybe controversial or maybe some people might have thoughts about, um, first and foremost, I had to take care of myself. I had to take yeah. care of myself first. And I am fortunate. I have a very supportive, um, uh, local board of administration or, or board at the church. I went to them. I, I basically, so we have a, we have like a group message chat that's constantly going so that we can deal with things immediately as they come. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm, my body is hitting a sickness like I've never felt before. I can't, for the next week, I can't do anything. I'm not able to, I can't do any church business. I can't do any work. And Bob, I have never been so sick that I didn't want to pick up my laptop and do, I love my job. I love the work that I do. Yeah. I couldn't do a thing for a week. Now I, <clears throat> I did, because what I started hearing reports, we had about a dozen positive cases within the span of a few days. Because wow. it, it, Warren County got hit really hard with this, this Delta variant spike and it kind of ripped through town. And it's just one of those things that happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. And whether you were vaccinated or not, whether you were masking or not, people were still getting sick. And so the severity depended on a number of different factors and, and, you know, but all of that to say that I, I realized on, you know, day two or three, man, I'm not the only one that's sick. And, and so I was sending text messages to people. Hey, I hope you're doing okay. Hey, we're praying for you. And, you know, just trying to encourage people, even though I was just sick as a dog, I realized there are people that were sicker than I was. And so, you know, what we are learning obviously about the church and what, what COVID-19 has taught us over the last 18 months is that relationships are really the only currency in the church that matter right now. Amen. You know, we need to practice responsible theology. We need to be preaching and teaching from the word, but relational currency is what drives the engine. It's the only currency we have to spend most days. And we need to make sure that we're making the right investments with people. And it doesn't have to, we don't have to wax theological and everything we say. Sometimes a simple message of, Hey, I love you thinking about you. Hope you're doing okay. Yeah. That's, that. that's, an, you know, I, how often do we get those messages yeah. or something? Hey, I was just thinking about you today. And it fuels you. And you're like, man, thank you. I feel so much better just for knowing that someone was thinking about us. And we had, you know, we had a ton of support from our, our church family and friends and, you know, people like you just reaching out, Hey, how can we help? What can we do? Yeah. Um, there were there were a lot of real practical things. People sending us meals, you know, so, as yeah. you know, and 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 you know, my son had his 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 eleventh birthday while we were in uh, under the lockdown, yeah. and I, it it, became, it was almost a joke that they said put out the word, hey, you guys, if you could encourage him or whatever. The the it was it was funny. The doorbell just kept ringing all day long. People dropping balloons and the kid got wow. like five cakes dropped off that day and and gifts and stuff like that. And so. A lot of times I think what what we miss out on is that um, the practical side of being a believer is not just, oh, well, I'll pray for you. It's, hey, I physically am doing things to show you that I'm thinking about you and I love you and I care for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also that that tangible, practical side of, hey, you know, because I think the big fear amongst like if you and here's what I say, if you're listening to this today and you don't believe in Jesus or you're not walking with walking with the Lord is really like saying church. Sometimes there's a fear of, I don't want to get too close to Christians because they're religious weirdos or they don't care about things or, you know, their, their perspective is skewed. Here's what I would say. We're, we're all, first of all, we're really trying our best to figure out what God wants for us. And we are constantly looking for ways to show people God loves you. And so do I, and this is the way that I can show you. Amen. And, and we had so many people show us in practical, tangible ways 
that they loved us and cared for us. And, and even people that aren't walking with Jesus were reaching out to us. People that weren't in our church were reaching out to us. And those are the things that matter, matter to us and matter to God. And, and so it was a great, <laughs> it, 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 we have more positive testimony coming out of this uh, than, than I would have ever imagined. You know, one of the things that, that I keep hearing as you're, you know, you're speaking and you're sharing community, that word community, and yeah. each, each, each of us, whether you're a believer, non-believer, churchgoer, non-churchgoer, we all belong to more than one community. We have our family. That's considered a community. Then we have our friendships. That's a community. Maybe where they work, that's a community. And, yeah. and one thing I realize is that not all communities that we belong to are, are good for us. There are some bad. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. thing that, that I love is when I see people walk in, we don't, uh, you know, we give our lives, lives over to Jesus Christ. We become part of this community. We fall in love with each other. I always say to people, please don't tell me you love me because you don't know me. I, I certainly can't stand up the pulpit and say, I just love you. Now, Jesus can because Jesus is the creator, right? The, uh, yeah, I, I go back to, uh, uh, you know, the watch doesn't know its purpose, but the watchmaker does. So, uh, you know, Jesus does that. He gave, God gave his only son for, for whoever uh, that, that response, but it goes back to these little communities and for the people that, that haven't, that, that, you know, have been either heard or, or, or they hear bad things about church. I would just say, get on the phone, get, get into a church, become part of the, our Christ community and, and learn to, to fall in love and be loved. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, like all things, you know, there's not all perfect churches, not all perfect people. Uh, like my pastor oh, yeah. said to me, Bruce looked at me and he said, I want you to remember one thing, Bob. You know, your friends will let you down. Your family lets you down. Your coworkers are going to let you down. People are going to let you down. Uh, you know, every he goes, Bob, and I'm even let you down, and your church will let you down sooner or later. And I, yeah. and I looked at him. I wasn't even saved yet, you know, and I looked at this man, and I go, this is going to be my pastor. This is, like, the, amazing. But you know what? He yeah. didn't lie to me, and those words have come back. And But to belong to this community and understand that it's not going to be perfect, but to come in and learn to be loved and, and be a blessing to other people. It's so important. And, and, and uh, the other thing I want to uh, have you talk about, because there's some thing about community, community of birthing another church. And in yeah. the midst of all yeah. this, uh, you know, we just all got done reading, canoeing the mountains. You're canoeing yep. the mountains. you got oars in the water, man. Yeah. You haven't pulled those out because you're going to be birthing another church. So if you want to share about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, what strikes me when you, when we, when we talk about community and you talk about having that, 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 group a body of people around you what's what strikes me as interesting is you know we as a society are are practicing lots of different measures extreme caution to keep ourselves from getting sick you know if you you go places uh you know they you know social distancing stay six feet apart or wear your mask or get your you know your vaccinations or whatever it is to try and shield ourselves from the sickness around us but do we give that much consideration and care to the people that we allow into our lives yeah. that can that can influence on a much deeper level? You know, if we would consider the, the status of our of our hearts, of, of you know, our relationships and the, the people that we allow to what we say speak into our lives, you know, that's sort yeah. of a churchy phrase. But what that means is that, <clears throat> well, I mean, it says in the Bible, stop fooling yourselves. Evil companions or bad company will corrupt good morals and character. That's right. uh, I, I, one version says bad friends will ruin good habits. You know, we want to be careful about the community of people that we allow around us and those people that are speaking into our lives. So it, that's just sort of an, a, a yeah. sort of a, a, a side thought. But, yeah, you know, the new work that we're trying to do, it's crazy because I was not that's not something that was on my radar, but you know, our, our district superintendent called me and said, Hey man, are you sitting down? I want to talk to you about something. <laughs> I love and, it. 
Yeah, you know, we we uh, we had a Wesleyan church in the Washington area, which Washington, Missouri is the next town over. It's about about 25 miles uh, from where I am. And we hit, you know, over the years, which actually I believe uh, if I remember the, the history correctly, it was actually planted out of the church that I'm in some some time ago, 30 odd years ago. And over the last few decades, it's it's just really struggled um, to take root in that particular part of the community for a number of reasons. And, you know, we had a pastor uh, on our district uh, here that was that was in that church for about six years. And, you know, he and his wife, his family, they worked really hard. And, and that was sort of the last go around. They decided to move on. And at that point, the decision was made. It was probably best to, to simply close the doors of the church and understand closing the doors of a church is always like the last yeah. possible uh, outcome that anybody wants. Exactly. So those decisions are not taken lightly at all. And anytime a district superintendent has to close the doors of a church, there's a lot of sadness. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a death is what it is. And okay. so, so when, when, when Dr. Smith called me and said, Hey, you know, they're moving on and, you know, they've worked their tails off. They've done good work in the community, but it's not working and they're moving on. We're going to go ahead and close that church up. But how would you feel about establishing another presence, a new thing, uh, in the Washington area. And I'll be honest, man, it kind of hit me right between the eyes. I was like, ah, sure. I mean, let's, let me pray about that. And I, you know, I told him I'd pray about it and talk to my wife about it. And, um, we sort of, you know, I don't know how, how, how you and your wife process things, but for big decisions, we tend to pray separately and come back and compare notes. Yeah. So we don't run the risk of one of us influencing the other, either, you know, either direction, you know, when it comes to the bigger, more important stuff. And so, we got nothing but green lights from the Lord to start exploring this process. And I started meeting with some people and talking to some folks and came to the consensus that absolutely the, the old church, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, the old church, the old iteration of things was definitely done. I think God wanted to do something new. And the thing that we always have to remember is that um, no matter where we go, there is a gospel presence needed. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you, if you, I don't care what kind of church you're pastoring, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, Right now, if you are preaching and teaching the word of God to people, you are a God honoring church. Now, there are theological differences that maybe maybe we'll we'll argue about someday in heaven. But for the time, you know, for where we're at right now, especially in culture, what we need to be preaching is this. Jesus Christ alone holds the key to salvation. Salvation from what? A lot of times we forget what we're saved from. And that's from the, the the evil, the junk in the world, the sinful condition in our life that whether or not we want to acknowledge it, it's there and it separates us from God. Right. And God desperately wants us reconciled to him, his people, to love, to be in a loving relationship with him because he knows what's best for us. Just like you do for your kids, that's what God wants for you. Right. And so if you are preaching and teaching the word of God, I bless you right now in the name of Jesus until you keep doing what you're doing. Because no matter how many churches are out there, there's never going to be enough. Um, <clears throat> enough churches to tell people, hey, God loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. There's lots of things that we can choose to argue about, but you know what? I think a lot of those right now aren't nearly as significant as the saving power of the gospel and the hope of a future with purpose. And that's what we're trying to do the next town over. We're not trying to be the next big name. We're not trying to have our name on a marquee or a billboard or to be famous or any of those dumb things. All we're trying to do is 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 reach another section of the population out there to tell them, God loves you and he has plans for your life that you can't even imagine if you'll allow him to speak into your life. I love it. I love it. So do you have a, do you have you, have you solidified this, this vision, what it looks like uh, as far as uh, a, a future potential uh, landing date uh, or anything that you want to share with maybe somebody be listening or. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no, we've got, we got several. So here's what we've done to this point. I have an amazing 
a couple on my team. Uh, the, the lady, um, she's a teacher at Washington West Elementary in Washington, Missouri right now. And what we've decided to do is sort of our first steps as we're getting started is to support the school and the needs of the teachers in the classroom um, and, and by extension, any, you know, potential situations that arrive with families that we can help with as a means of saying, Hey, this is how we can love and care for the community is by actually providing for meeting actual physical needs that exist right now. And so what we're, what I'm, what I'm challenging people with right now is if you want to be a part of sort of supporting ministry in the Washington area, the first thing that you'd ask yourself is how do you feel about, you know, supporting the needs of classroom teachers in the area? And again, by extension, families that are going to have needs, especially as we hit the holidays and things like that, um, because we believe, and this is something I say all the time, a healthy family is a strong family and strong Amen. families stay together. Amen. Healthy families, a strong family, strong families stay together. We believe that one of the, for our church, for Family Community Church, one of the best ways that we can support the family unit is through the classroom teacher. We believe classroom teachers need all the love, help, and support that they can get. You know, they've, they've got a great district and, and the principal at that school is amazing. She really cares about her staff, but they can't do everything. And, and neither can we, but we're just trying to find ways that we absolutely can help. And so our early stages are, are spending this school year supporting the school. We're going to start putting together a regular gathering of people to sort of figure out what establishing a presence in that area looks like. I am going to be um, recruiting, I guess you would say, professional help. Um, uh, you know, there's some relationships that we have with some organizations to maybe get something uh, a little more there there will be you know a little more traditional church model happening as well uh, but we're we're kind of we're kind of starting so you know as they say bob measure twice cut once right, right. we want to make sure that we're that we're evaluating actual practical needs instead of saying because a lot of times and, and and pastor if you're listening if you hear this here's what i just i want to share this and i don't mean i don't mean any harm as my old pastor used to say but a, a lot of times pastors are guilty of answering questions that nobody's actually asking you know what i mean well we know exactly what this community needs and we start throwing money and time and resources at, at things that people are like well that that's great but that's not actually what we said we needed <laughs> you know what i mean so we're we're trying to honestly establish and evaluate okay this this is what the, the community needs and we're going to respond accordingly because the, the, the true heart of ministry when we talk about doing ministry is meeting needs in the love of christ right meeting meeting actual tangible needs with the love of with the love of christ in the purpose of, of serving jesus in the process right so we want to be a blessing and a benefit to the community but we want to make sure that we're following community cues now and 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 i'm constantly reminded you know bob you and i sat in a meeting yesterday with an older gentleman who who just challenged me all over again to make sure that we keep the mission first and that's that people need to know christ people yeah. need to hear the gospel and i was so encouraged to to hear that from jack you know when he shared that yesterday amen and it's just a constant reminder to recalibrate, find true north, always make sure you're pointing in the direction that honors Christ. The other things are great, you know, that yeah. I love your discussion that you shared on side door ministries and how we need to be making sure that we're, you know, sometimes the church gets so involved in the church that they forget that the church exists for more than just the church, that's right? Right. <laughs> right? That's right. And, and, and that's not, look, that's not an indictment. That's a, I know my fellow brothers and sisters in the ministry, I know your heart. I know how hard you're working. I know that you want the name of Jesus to be shared. We sometimes just get so busy, we forget what that might look like. You know, so yeah. this is just our way of trying to to recalibrate on the things that matter and to really make sure that when we that we're starting something that we can absolutely finish. 
Yeah, and you just keyed in on another, I mean, something so important, you know, KISS. We know what KISS means, the K-I-S-S, right? right. Keep it simple, right. saints. Keep it simple, yeah. saints. <laughs> I'm going to say, right? I don't want, we don't yeah, want to call yeah, anybody yeah. stupid, but keep it simple, yeah. saints. And that's yeah. why, I, you know, every time I, I start listening and, you know, I'm processing when I hear these conversations, it's like, guys, there's, we don't need to have 15 other books to tell us what the one only and powerful book already has given us a model for. You know, yeah, and, um, and, and when I was thinking about the side door ministries, because when Dr. Charles Arndt, I just sent that link out this morning to remind yes. her that it's a way of getting the, the, you know, through heart ministries. If somebody loves to, to ride a motorcycle, then start a motorcycle ministry. But the purpose of yeah. all side door, and I tell this, I say this all the time, everything that we do here at this church is just a peripheral because the, 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 the goal is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person that walks through the door. Or, or, or yeah, go, right. I call it gone fishing. We are Jesus. Yeah. You know, we're all yeah. fishermen. And I, a lot of times on a Sunday, I'll ask people who's gone fishing this week. And I do that purposely because, you know, we're supposed to go fishing and they, they, they yeah. know what it means. And so it's exciting when somebody will raise their hand, they get to share that story. And it's not. And, and I think it's important not to just to give, well, I, I connected with five people. Give me those five names because it goes back to what you stated about being relational. Give me their names. Yeah. I can give you the names of people in the streets when I was doing the homeless ministry because it was important to me that when bad weather was rolling in, I wanted to know about David and Craig and Susan and David. Yep. And, and yep. You, know, you know, it's easy to uh, be, I guess, disassociate by not, not having names and it's so important that we're building these relationships. So I love what you're doing. And about teachers also, uh, you know, if it wasn't for a teacher, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, That's right. Mrs. That's Herman. All of us. Yeah, Every amen. single one of us. Yeah. So uh, so now we transition. I'm going to, for that person that's listening in, you know, whoever yeah. she is, whoever he is, what would you want to tell them? And, and we're going to have you back because there's so much more to cover. But, sure. you know, and, and also that you and I, you know, before we even started recording today, but... Uh, we get to be part of the Tri-State District and the Wesleyan Church. I love it. I love being part of anybody that's a visionary, sold out to Christ. You know, we don't, we're not stuck on a model like we have one. We're not a cookie-cutter approach district, and, and, and neither are our churches. And, and yet we share something so in common with the gospel and, and that, that passion to reach the lost and, and have a Christ presence in all these zip codes. Discipleship. We talked... We've talked about a lot of discipleship and, yeah. you know, Jesus says, go and make disciples. It's simple. Uh, you know, it goes back to the why. Why? Because we see what happens when we raise up disciples that make disciples. It's Jesus had a plan. God is God and we're not. So what would you want to share with that, that, that person? You know, she's listening in, he's listening in, trying to figure this out. Uh, and also, I want to make sure to get your number because maybe somebody that's listening in in your yeah. area may want to help yeah. donate for the teachers. You know, again, yeah. contact you because we know there's a lot of generosity, right? People are generous. Oh, absolutely. And and we have, you know, I, I always want to want to compliment, you know, our, our local church body and those around us because we have very generous folks. And when we have a need, yeah, they work hard to help make it happen. And so there's a couple of couple of things I would say in there. You know, we're Family Community Church in Warrington. You find us, we're all over social media because that, you know, seems to be the best platform. FCConline.church, you know, uh, FCConline.church, you can find us. Um, 
you know, that's our website. You can find us on Facebook at FCC Warrington, you know, Family Community Church. I, I love, I, you know how it is, Bob. I love saying Family Community Church as often as I can yes. in, a, in a conversation. As many times Amen, as we can, as, as many times we can see it. So, right. and I, I have to say, you are one of the most proficient uh, branding marketers that I know. I, I love how you do things. So you know what I mean by that. But what I would say is this. Um, we are entering a time and pastor, if you're listening to this, wherever you are, you know, this is, and this is one of those things that I, I think that has really helped me sort of um, process the ministry and the community that I'm in. We are hitting a point in culture where, you know, when Jesus sent out um, the disciples, he sent out, you know, uh, them to go share the gospel. And he said, you know, you take the message of truth with you. And if people want to receive it, let your peace rest on the home. And if they don't want it, shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. Yeah. We are at a point now in culture where, Pastor, you and I and, and any pastor listening have a responsibility to preach the gospel of truth, to teach the truth, which is that Jesus loves you. And whether or not we like it, we are born into a sinful, broken world, and that sin includes us. Now, you may not like to hear that, but it is true. But the good news is Jesus himself provides a way to be reconciled to God, to make a right relationship with God. And it's not to hinder you. It's not to make your life worse. It's to make your life better than you could ever imagine. But you have a choice to make. You have a choice to decide whether or not you want to walk that road with the Lord. And what I always tell people is this, or, or rather the philosophy that I've been developing in the last few years, our time is so limited and there is so much need I want to work with and preach to and talk to and have conversations and breakfast and you name it. I'll take you to coffee anytime, any place to talk about the truth of what God is doing. <clears throat> and if it's for you, great. If it's not, I'm going to keep praying for you, but I'm going to keep investing my time in those that really, truly need to hear that truth. And, and, and that's for pastors. If you're listening, that's just sort of where we're at, because our community is broken to the point where we're, we're, we're standing. People are standing on either side of this great divide and, we can call it political. We can call it, you know, a number of different things. And so you're on this side of that. And that's really not what it is. There are those who are aligning themselves with where God is at the best way that they know how. And those that are simply saying, no, we're going along with what culture wants. If you are a professing follower of Jesus Christ, you need to be praying for those that are lost and hurting. Our job is to you know, the ministry of reconciliation in Second Corinthians chapter five. That's our job is to is to to share the gospel and to try and reconcile the hearts of men to God. But there comes a point where if people don't want it, there are a lot of other people that do. And what I would tell anybody that's listening is consider a relationship with a creator who says, I love you enough to sacrifice my own child. I'll tell you, Bob, I don't love anybody enough to sacrifice my child for them. I just couldn't do it. I honestly can't do Same it. Here, buddy. And, you know, I, I have I've been doing ministry now for. Uh, well, longer than I'd like to say out loud. So I've been doing it for long enough that I, I'm learning and I have learned that no matter what age or stage of life that we're in, people are always people. And, and the situations that people find themselves in, they hurt. They're hard. And a lot of times we do it to ourselves. And sometimes life just throws us a curveball. But people will always be people. And I know if you can hear the sound of my voice right now, you are going through something that has hurt you or you're dealing with stuff that's broken your heart or that makes you just feel all junky inside and you don't like the way that makes you feel. And the thing I tell you is that there's a God who loves you enough to say, I love you and want to help you sort through that stuff. It, the hard thing is, is that you and I don't have the tools that we need where within ourselves. It's not about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's not mental fortitude. And I've got a strong enough mind and willpower. We just don't. We don't have it, and, and there's no shame in saying, Jesus, I need you. I need your help because, you know, I, I don't have a functional relationship with my parents. I don't have someone to call when I just need that 
that mom or dad advice to say, Hey, you know, things are going to be there. Things are going to be okay. Things are going to, you know, whatever that looks like, but I don't, I don't have that with a family, but what I do have, um, is, is, is a God who loves me enough. Who's brought me into a community of people that do love and care for me. And all of that starts with a simple realization that God, God himself, whether or not, you know, you believe in God or where you're at with the spec on the spectrum of belief and faith, we have a creator who loves us and created us for a purpose. And I want to find that purpose. and I want to help you find yours because your life will never be better than it is than you're walking on what God's purpose is for you. Amen. And like you, I am in that same place. I did not grow up uh, with that kind of relationship with uh, mm-hmm. a mother. Didn't grow up with a father. My mom yeah. had married uh, a few times. And um, so I grew up, uh, you know, when I was 17, my time the papers, spent most of my young adult life in the Marine Corps. But it was yeah. not until, like, Carrie kept pressing me and praying for me all 34 years. She never gave up. And then saying the same thing. She never changed her tune. Bobby, until you give your life over to Jesus Christ, you will never live the life that he created you for. And I got my first Bible from her just a few months before I actually gave my life to Christ. And she wrote that in the cover, and I cherish that. Yeah. And I go back to it and just remind her that, uh, like she said, this is the most important book. These words may enrich and just change your life. And, and it has, and, and just like yours. Yeah. And the one thing I, I want to share before we wrap it up and, and final thoughts, uh, I love what's on your Facebook page right below your name. It says, Jerob M. Collins. I cannot change the past, <laughs> but I will help shape the future. And I yeah, believe, right. my friend, that you are doing that. Even in oh. challenges, no matter what your circumstances have been or you have always been a person to shape the future. And for the people that know you, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It was you that I remember during one time I was trying to, I remember I was in, in Georgia pastoring and I, I kept wanting to do something with my background. And this, for some people, they might not realize how important this is. I kept seeing this thing, man, I got to do something with lights and, I, and all of a sudden I see you, these pictures of you building this thing that you did, you know, with the walls and the pallets and the, the slats. Oh yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did the <laughs> same exact thing. I put them on wheels. And all I had to do was keep going back to those pictures and say, I'm a, there it is. So, you know, okay. what, is, what is old is new. We reach out. We're part of a community. I will tell people that's there. Again, if you yeah. want to give your number, if you're looking for a church yeah. in, in, yeah. up in Warrington, like, go check it out. Go, it's an incredible. I just love it when we were up there and just meeting that church, that congregation. It is a family. And uh, you got the school right there. You got things happening. And, uh, you know, for those people that are in the area that maybe listen to this for the first time and going, you know, I want to go there. So why don't you, you yeah. do that and, and you can close us in prayer, give a final yeah, thought. Sure. And I uh, just want to thank everybody tuning in. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the most, you know, I've shared how much I believe passionately in the gospel of Christ and the hope of the future of the purpose. And, the, and, and what I would tell you is if you're anywhere in my area, um, I, I would tell you as, as a pastor in the community, Find the place where you feel the most comfortable. It's, I'm not telling you family, community, churches for everyone. We want to be. We want to try and, and serve you in any way that we can. But I'd be the first one to say, hey, you find the place that's the absolute best fit for your family because there are a lot of good Bible preaching churches uh, in this town. And I know a lot of good, a lot of good uh, men and women in the ministry, a lot of people who are preaching the truth. And the most important thing is that you give your life to Christ. And if it's with us, great. And if it's, if it's not, if it's elsewhere— that's great because we are working hard to build relationships uh, with with other churches in the community. We, we've done a, a few community worship nights now where we gather a team of, of 
people from all over the community, other worship teams, and we just celebrate as the Church of Warrington, Bob, not Family Community Church, not any of the other ones in town, but the Church of Warrington needs to be glorifying the name of Jesus together and gathering to, to worship because, and, and this is the last thing I'll say in regards to just, you know, church before I close this in prayer. Um, I believe firmly that sometimes ecumenical partnership isn't possible, but ecumenical relationship is essential. And yes. what I mean by that is the community at large has seen enough religious infighting. We need to, as a community of believers, be supporting one another praying for each other's pastors and, and encouraging each other along the way. And, and pastor, I'll take some of you are saying, well, you know, I, I'm not a Wesleyan and I'm reformed or I'm not reformed or I'm anything in between. None of that matters. What matters is the blood of Jesus Christ shed for your sins and mine, reconciling us to God in a relationship with our creator that none of us can manufacture apart from the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's all that matters. Amen. And wherever, wherever you find that, Find it and give your because remember you're you don't serve the church you serve Jesus Christ first and foremost we want that to happen through the local church God wants us to be connected to a local body of believers um, but you might be surprised where you find that so again we're we're family community and church in Warrington you know FCCOnline.Church nine one six four seven nine two nine eight seven that's my personal contact information pastor at fccnline.church all of that information is online you can find us anywhere what i really want you to hear is jesus christ loves you and wants you just as you are god will never love you any more than he does right now and who you are who you are right now as you listen to this broke busted can't be trusted who you are is good enough for him. The changing will take place as he sees fit, as he works with you, but just sit down and listen to him for right now. That's all he wants from you. Amen. So, yeah, Amen. yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I, would you would you like me to would you like yeah. me to pray now? Get close yeah, let's close prayer. some prayer. I, and give praise to God. I just want to yeah. thank you for everything you shared with everybody. We're gonna have you back. Mm. Uh, like I said, it's hard to sit down for an hour and just get it all out there. There's so much that we we just love to share, and what yeah. an opportunity for that person again it's not about the mass it's about you that one person whoever you are right now listening in uh that make that matters because you matter to god we talked about being a masterpiece in this this amazing creation i think about the mysteries of god being in awe of god uh be real that's what we call real purpose god has a real purpose for each and every one of us that's that's right and if you're if you're mad at God, if you hate God, if you don't believe in God, I don't care where you're at. I want to talk to you. You come and find me out. I will take you to coffee and let you pour out your heart. And you can give me all the reasons you disagree. And guess what? I'm going to love you and tell you it's going to be okay. So, Amen. Amen, <laughs> well, yeah, well, let me, let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful to know you, to be known by you is the best thing of all. Lord, I pray for each and every person that will hear this podcast. They would be encouraged by the words that we share. Lord, because Bob and I, it's not about us. It's not about our churches. It's about you and about how we get to serve you through this process. So Lord, until we can all be together again in whatever fashion that looks like, would you wrap your loving arms of comfort and care around us? Give us eyes to see what maybe we missed, ears to hear what maybe we've heard a hundred times before. And it, maybe now is the time it clicks. Most importantly, give us hearts willing and open to receive with courage and with bravery all that you have for us, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to thank everybody just for listening in. Hey, I just want to remind everybody, Casey Kasem used to say, keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. I say, yeah, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for Jesus Christ. Amen. God Amen. has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. 
It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lenz.